0: I woke up at 3 a.m. and I was in all sorts of trouble. I was lying in a pool of sweat and my temperature was so high that I was hallucinating. Uh, There were jet skis and clowns whirring around the room. The clowns weren't on the jet skis, which was a bit confusing. Um, Jet skis and clowns, that's a weird combination, but we'll probably let a professional analyze that later. Uh, Then all of a sudden I got very, very cold, like ice cold. So I hopped in a shower and I... Before we continue with the story, I just want to quickly mention what the global stories that stir movement is all about. Our mission is to facilitate a revolution of human connection through storytelling. And you're helping us with that right now by listening to this podcast. If you love this podcast as much as I love you, then I'd really appreciate it if you'd jump onto your favourite podcast app and give us a rating and review. And by the way, five stars is, are much appreciated. Thanks so much. And now to stir things up. I would much rather do 90 minutes to 5,000 people than 10 minutes to you guys, trust me. So I'm a little bit out of my depth. Um, but welcome all you non-State of Origin fans. So we're here tonight to talk about intuition. So intuition is, I guess, the ability to know or understand something without the need for critical conscious reasoning or logical analysis at least that's what the way that chat GPT defines it but I think for most of us we think of intuition as spidey senses the insight that comes from a gut feeling uh, or as I like to think of it the whisper that we hear in our own voice and if we don't sometimes listen to it that whisper through hindsight yells at us at a later point in time So tonight I want to talk about intuition and how a series of intuition, intuitive decisions led to saving my life. So on Friday, the 12th of November, 2021, I went to hospital with dehydration after what I thought was a 24 hour, really bad bout of gastro. So I get to emergency at our amazing Noosa hospital here. We're very, very lucky. And I had one of those amazing anti-nausea injections, had a bag of IV fluids, I napped for 20 minutes in emergency, woke up, felt a hundred, got sent home, woke up the next day and went for an 8K run, as you do, actually against my intuition. That night I went to the Sunshine Coast Business Awards, which is a very fancy event with some of my friends who are here tonight and it was an amazing night. I was actually feeling good, but something happened on that night that my intuition piqued my intuition. And what it was is that I couldn't finish one glass of wine. Now for anyone who knows me, they will tell you that would have piqued their spidey senses too. So the next day, which was Sunday, I woke up not feeling great, But by the end of that day, I was feeling very ordinary and I'd kind of just crashed in a heap, which I put down to stupidly going for a run after having gastro. So I went to bed pretty early. I woke up at 3am and I was in all sorts of trouble. I was lying in a pool of sweat and I, my temperature was so high that I was hallucinating. Uh, there were jet skis and clowns whirring around the room. The clowns weren't on the jet skis, which was a bit confusing, um, jet skis and clowns, that's a weird combination, but we'll probably let a professional analyze that later. Uh, then all of a sudden I got very, very cold, like ice cold. So I hopped in a shower and I sat in that shower until my skin was burned, but I still couldn't get warm. So my intuition was not whispering at me at this point. It was saying pretty loudly, you probably need to go back to hospital. So I crawled back to bed to find my phone, but I passed out before I got to bed. Now, what happened next is a mystery that may never be solved. So for those of you who know me, you know that my phone's never uh, on a ringtone. I have an aversion to ringtones, it's always on silent. So when I woke up at 5.30 a.m. to my phone ringing, it was really confusing, even in the state that I was in. I answered the phone, still wondering if I was dreaming and it was the hospital, it was one of the doctors from the hospital because unbeknownst to me on the Friday night when I was napping, they'd taken a blood test and the main emergency doctor, her name's Carly, had looked at the blood profile, looked at my results and thought her intuition told her that my inflammatory marker looked a little high for gastro. So she, unbeknownst to me, had sent the bloods off for an extra culture test to detect bacteria, which takes 48 to 72 hours. So those results were now in, and it revealed that I did have a very severe infection. I had E. coli, uh, blood infection, in other words, septicemia. So the doctor said, Amanda, you're very unwell, aren't you? And I said, yeah, how do you know? That's weird. She said, I'm sending an ambulance for you because we need to get you straight to hospital. So I arrive at emergency, it's a team of doctors swarm on me and the urgency and panic that was in the room kind of got me a little worried I was pretty out of it I was very unwell I was still hallucinating and they hooked me up to four cannulas two in each elbow two in each hand and they literally were just hooking me up to every antibiotic they had the doctor then came in and said who's your next of kin do you have your affairs in order I didn't even know what that meant now Many of you in this room know that my next of kin is Chris, who's actually your last speaker tonight. Um, he's not gonna be any better than me, just so you know. We're, we're both speakers and we're very competitive. Um, so may, you may be thinking at this point, where the bloody hell was Chris? Well, Chris was actually stuck in a lockdown in Melbourne and so couldn't get to me. So to cut a long story short, 48 hours later, no antibody was working and they rang Chris and said nothing's working and we're out of options and we're hours away from organ failure. Now that night, he thought this was going to be the uplifting start to the night, didn't you? Um, it does get better, trust me. Um, they said we've got one last antibody to try and if that doesn't work, we're in real trouble. Now, spoiler alert that last antibody worked, Um, thank goodness. And that night I learned, um, it's amazing when you're facing, looking death uh, square in the eyes, how simple everything becomes. And you really, really realize what's really important. You also learn the difference between, and you're gonna hear some amazing stories tonight. You also learn the difference between strength and bravery. And what I learned that night is that I couldn't be strong. I wasn't physically capable of it, but I could be brave. I could think one brave thought to the next brave thought. And obviously I got through it, which was amazing. Um, So a couple of weeks later when Chris was home and we went for my one month post-hospital checkup, Um, and I was still very unwell. So I had eight days in total in ICU, I had 68, one liter bags of antibiotics in eight days. Thank God for modern medicine. Thank God for that doctor. Um, so Chris and I went to the follow up appointment and the main doctor sat us down. He said, I want to show you something. He said, this is your blood profile today, which is all perfect. Um, this is, I want to show you comparatively to the blood profile of when you're in hospital. And he said, I want you to look at this particular number. He said, that's your main inflammatory marker. Now, your main inflammatory marker in most healthy people, well, in all of us tonight, would sit below five. For most of it, unless you're unwell, it sits between two and three. He said, you got your main inflammatory marker to 187. And he said, you should feel super proud of that because most people would be dead at 160 or at least have major amputations. I'm thinking about adding it to the achievement section on my LinkedIn profile under awards and achievements. Um, And he said, the only explanation, he said, you're a bit of a mystery to us. He said, for the whole time you're in hospital, we were on the phone to teams of doctors at school and in Brisbane, and no one could understand how you survived this. But the only explanation we have is that you're incredibly fit. Because a few years prior, my intuition had led me to join a charity called Running for Premature Babies because I'd had my little boy very prematurely. And I saw firsthand that neonatal intensive care units, which you would think have the most up-to-date, amazing technology and equipment, they actually rely heavily on external funding, which was a surprise even to me. Um, So they rely on charities like Running for Premature Babies, which was started by an amazing woman called Sophie Smith. She actually lost triplets to prematurity which would break most people. But her intuition led her to not let that define her, but she started running initially for her own mental health, but then she turned it into this incredible foundation that's raised $6 million for that equipment. And at the beginning of 2021, um, Sophie had appointed me Queensland ambassador for that charity. And so at the time that I went into hospital, I had been training for a half marathon and that probably saved me. So intuition's an amazing thing. And I think we trust our intuition probably not as much as what we should, but we also need to remember that in the bigger picture of things, intuition can actually lead us to beautiful full circle moments in life. It was because of Sophie and her commitment to raising money for those neonatal intensive care units, including a piece of equipment that saved my little boy. She actually inadvertently ended up saving my life as well. So trust your intuition. The results and the impact may not be visible immediately, may not be obvious immediately, but you never, ever know it could set in chain uh, a series of events that could have an incredible impact on someone's life. Thank you.